Welcome back to a new and actually kind of a relaunch of the podcast, I Need Color, and what I'm considering a real season one. Um, The first two seasons didn't go how I planned it. Life kind of got in the way, and we're going to talk about that a little bit today. But the important thing is that we're here, we're ready, and this is I Need Color. As the horns rise up, we begin a new day. One full of passion and positivity. It's in our choices of how we paint lives. And as for me, I need color. My name is Aaron Gall. I am the host of I Need Color. And I've been gone for a little bit. Not gone in the sense that I just poof, magically was out of everybody's lives. Just gone from the podcast because I had a lot of things kind of hit me in life. And let's talk about that. So last time that we talked on the podcast with an update. I was getting on the transplant list. I was dealing with mental health issues and, you know, all the things I have to deal with kidney disease and just life in general. And for the most part, I've been good. I've really been enjoying my marriage to Gretchen, my beautiful wife. Um, I've been enjoying teaching, making good humans at the university. But along that struggle, Back in December of 2022, I found out that my potassium was too high doing a routine lab draw, and I had to go to the hospital because it was like a 6.8, which was heart attack risk. And so I went to Ohio State, and they kept me there for about three days, pumped me full of liquids, and basically told me that it was time to go to dialysis, which... uh, wasn't exactly what I was wanting to do. That's why I was, you know, eating right, working out, trying to do everything I possibly could to stop from going on dialysis. But unfortunately, in the end, that's what we had to do anyway. So I got a peritoneal dialysis port or catheter put into my front cavity, which is right behind um, behind my abdomen. And that is where I do my dialysis from. Now, a typical dialysis that people think of is the going into a facility and doing it, you know, maybe three times a week or more, depending on the case that you're dealing with. And that's done through blood draw. So, like, they take the blood and clean it and then put it back in your system. And that's hemodialysis. Now, because I've been able to keep myself healthy and doing the right things for my body. I was able to go straight into just peritoneal dialysis, which is a much easier go around. Um, But it's still not the route that I was hoping to go, you know? So I got the port put in in December and then started the process in January of learning how the dialysis all worked, 
and what I needed to do to learn how to do it at home. So when I began that, I was doing four times a day throughout the day. It was like every four, four to six hours. And it was a manual drip. So what that is, is they give you a typical, like a hospital pole um, that they typically give you like, um, oh, what's that fluid called? I just had a brain fart. Apologize. Um, but anyway, like an IV bag drip. IV bag drip. So I had one of those at home and it's like a two liter bag that I'd have to hang up and then it it's based off of gravity. So I'd have to sit in a chair or lay down the bed and I'd have to empty out the fluid that was already in my abdomen, wait for that to get done draining. And when it gets done draining, it pinches you to hell inside your abdomen um, if you're not too quick to transfer over to the new fluid. And then I can have the new fluid go in my system. After the fluid's in, then I go through the process of dwelling. Um, and this this solution that's in my body is a dextrose sugar solution. And it pulls toxins from my body um, that my kidneys aren't able to do anymore. And gives my kidneys kind of new life a little bit. Um, at least makes them stop working so hard. And so I would do that first thing when I woke up at like 7 a.m. And hope to God that it would be done in time for me to get in the car, speed to OSU to teach my classes until four o'clock that same day. And so like I'm sitting six to seven hours with fluids sloshing around in my belly while I'm teaching and throwing students. <laughs> um, and if you're curious about why I'm throwing students, I'm a martial arts teacher by trade. Um, so that's why. But um, after that, I'd have to rush back home and empty out again to fl- to fill back up. And while I'm doing that empty and fill process again, I'm on another class doing an online lecture. And then when I get done with that, I have to do another time during like dinner time and then once before bed so that I can sleep with it still in. And that was just the first month. So <laughs> it was it was a lot to take on. Um, now, when I finally was able to switch over to what's called the cycler. It's a machine that I hook up to every night now. And um, if you follow me on YouTube or on my social media channels, um, I talk a little bit about it and how it's just been a lifesaver. Like it it honestly has been because I don't have to fill up during the day anymore. I can fill up at the end of the night and dwell and do that fill and dwell over time while I sleep for about 10 hours. And then when I wake up in the morning, I unhook and I go about my day. And it's it's really not been that bad for me. Um, now, at first, I thought it was going to be bad. Because when I was growing up, my dad also had kidney disease and kidney failure. And before my dad got his kidney, he went through dialysis. But he had a rough time with it. Um, not that my dad wasn't healthy, but he wasn't nearly as healthy as I am. (laughs) Um, so I got to watch him go through some really hard struggles and I actually used to help him change his dialysis bags. And so I knew that going into dialysis, I didn't want it to be as bad as it was for 
my dad, for me, or for my wife. Because I watched my wife, my mom go through a lot with my dad. And I, I promised myself that if it was within my power, I was not going to have, I was not going to put Gretchen through that process of having it be harder than it needed to be. And so we eat right. I exercise. I make sure that I'm doing everything clean and, and the process is to the T every time. That way I don't run into any issues. I'm not getting infection. I'm not getting, um, I'm prone to hernias right now because of the tube being in. So I can't lift anything that's too heavy, which, uh, you know, it, it, it's all right. I, I miss working out a little bit harder and training a little bit harder, but I've got to change things now. And that's that's kind of been the, the base of everything, you know, these last about six months. Um, and I still, I'm still dealing with, you know, the things from, from kidney disease. I'm also dealing with things from mental health as, as everybody right now. I mean, the last couple of years have been hard for everyone, but you know, there's, there's silver linings and everything. And one of the things that I want to kind of touch on today is the topic of goodness and what that goodness kind of brings can can bring into your life because I've gotten everything that I have all the wonderful beautiful exciting and colorful things in my life are a direct result of me being good and when I take that goodness and I try to instill it into other people I'm around or just do something to be kind. It always comes back it, every single damn time. I mean, goodness is the reason why I've got my beautiful wife. She wouldn't have, she wouldn't be with me if I wasn't a good man. She's put up with enough shit. <laughs> uh, my mom... I'm a very good son to my mom. There's areas that I know that I need to improve on, but we all we all go through that. Um, I've got amazing friends, amazing brothers. Um, life is very good. No matter how many hard things you go through, at the base of it, life is good if you allow it to be. <laughs> You know, life is happening for you, not to you. Like there's, there's always some good that can come out of it. You just got to find it. And that's been especially true and wonderful for me. And a lesson that I kind of had to relearn and... Man, I, I don't... I haven't really been able to talk about this because I haven't found the words, but um, with this kidney disease, typically with my blood type, um, which is B positive, as many jokes as you can make out of that, it uh, it usually takes about five to seven years to find a donor unless you can find a living donor. And 
I can't speak for everybody, but I know me seeking out a living donor, it was a, it was kind of an awkward process at first because the first thing you do is you kind of recluse a little bit and don't want to talk about what you're going through in great detail because you don't want to seem like you're like being that used car salesman trying to convince people to to buy the car, you know. I, I didn't want to convince feel like I'm convincing people to give me your kidney. Come on, give me your kidney, please. I'll shank it out for you. You know, it just <laughs> it uh it was just awkward at times, you know. And so I, I tried to be a little bit more humble in my approach. And I, I really just used it as a storytelling. Like Yes, kidney disease and this this kidney failure that I'm going through, it sucks, but I'm looking at it from a standpoint of this is adding to my fucking story. So how am I going to tell it? Not all woe is me or, you know, I can't believe that I'm this way, but nobody, this other person isn't because they didn't take care of themselves. Like, I can't be that bitter state. You You can't be. It just... You can't manifest good things when you're constantly thinking negative. And so I started to change the the way that I handled things and use it as a storyteller. Whenever I was talking to people that I was first meeting or students, like I always led with, hey, if you ever see me give you the peace sign and run out of the room, I'm probably getting a kidney. And <laughs> it was just kind of a, a joke that I'd kind of tell and, you know, Students usually got a kick out of it, and it allowed me to get across that the human factor. You know, it it allowed me to put the information out there, not feel awkward about it, and share my story, share me and my wife's story, because she's going through it just as much as I am. And I don't give her enough credit for how strong she is and how much strength that she gives me. But Gretchen's my everything, and thank God for her because she's been the most amazing partner and supporter that I could ever have. Um, Sorry. <laughs> I get emotional talking about my wife. But uh, this past semester, you know, I was just doing my normal thing, just teaching. I'm very passionate about my teaching, Um, especially about teaching Eskrima and Kali and Filipino martial arts. It's just, it's, it's so much fun to teach, and it really allows for the family atmosphere that was instilled to me and what I try to instill in my students. And what I didn't expect from it is to get a result of what happened this year. And what happened is a student secretly was testing while taking my class and found out that he was a match. And so he graduated from the university and then we went out for coffee one day and he told me that he was a match and that he's given me a kidney and uh, Jesus it's 
it's not the kind of thing that happens every day, you know. It's uh, I'm very, I'm very much still shocked about it all. But it it really comes down to goodness. You know, my student told me that I impacted him and that I was a positive force that now he he went from being a student to a friend to damn well family now. We're going to be sharing organs. <laughs> so it's just, uh, wow, you know. And... And that's what I'm trying to convey is goodness really brings more goodness. I mean, I started this year with dialysis. And in the midst of dialysis, me and my wife were lucky enough to be able to get a house. And then in the midst of that, we found out that we were that there was complications with something else we were going through. And then, you know we had success in our careers and then there was other hiccups along the way and now we got this going on with I'm getting a kidney like no matter how much is going on in your life there's some type of good that you can come from with it It, it's it really comes down to perspective and you know I'm a firm believer in manifesting what you want and it's not going to necessarily come to you in the exact way that you're thinking it will. But you can definitely make steps happen toward a goal. You just might have to evolve with it a little bit. And the aspect of goodness is, you know, those virtues that you hold, the you know, the joy that you spread, the the humanity that you put out there and you know yeah there's a lot of shit things happening in the world right now I mean I can't I for years anytime that I've been able to like I go out of my way to buy food for people that I see you know homeless on the side of the road or sidewalk um and you know not once do i think about pulling out my fucking phone and recording it i don't need no fucking recognition for this you know it's goodness means doing it out of the goodness and kindness of your heart it it's not a fame and reclaim kind of thing it's it's just doing good because no one has to fucking see you do it to be there and you get more out of it when it's just you and you see the smile on the person's face and every single semester um, that I've been working at my new job because like I had plenty of other jobs before the university and I think I only liked two of them <laughs> um, I loved being a carpenter Um because the the man that I worked for as a carpenter was incredible. And um, if he ever happened to listen to my podcast, Charlie, I can't thank you enough for everything you did for me in my life. Um, 
And then I, I taught art to people with developmental disabilities for about a year. And that was a lot of fun too. And I had an amazing coworker and my um, friend Lindsay. And but nothing has impacted me as much as my job at the university. Now I teach martial arts, and there, there's plenty of lessons through martial arts that I can share and and kind of bring to the table. And yeah, the physical stuff for martial arts is great, but. It's more than that. There's there's principles that we share. There's a human approach. There's community building. There's character building. And I really lean on those more than the physical. Like the physical is fine. It's, it's fun. I'm just teaching basics um, with the classes that we currently have. But it's more about building good humans. Like... I get students that come in that have never taken a single martial art in their entire life. And some of them are nervous about it. They're nervous because of the way that martial arts and the physicality of that is portrayed everywhere through UFC and everything else. And it's not to knock any of that, but I try to go about it from a the roots are tied into the art just because you're doing something that is a combat sport or something physical as you know judo or boxing it, it still has life lessons that need to be leaned on because that's where you get the the people to shine through right like i can teach you i can teach you fighting all day but to teach you to be a good human or a better human and to treat others with kindness and respect, that's fucking winning life. And so that's my main goal is that goodness. And by the end of every single semester, I'm not saying that everybody in my class takes everything that I say to heart and they become this giant amazing community of friends but I'll tell you what most of them do most of them do especially in my uh, let's talk about my skirma class this past semester I uh, you know I had probably I want to say 24 people in this class this semester for one of my classes and I watched these 24 individuals become friends, colleagues, and essentially a tribe. And so at the end of the semester, to watch them standing in my classroom and not wanting to leave because they had so much fun in the class and with each other, that's a win for me. That tells me I did my job. I'm not preparing them for a street fight. I'm not preparing them for competition. They, if they want to continue down that route, cool. You know, I can help them in different ways, but I'm preparing them for life. I'm preparing them to be good, quality human beings. Not that they weren't already, but I, I've got a lot of life lessons in and 
life stories that I get to share with them that they get to see a different kind of perspective that hopefully gives them some kind of comfort to know that no matter what life hits you with, there's always good that can come out of it. There's always a lesson to be learned. I'm a firm believer in you either win or you learn. I don't believe there's ever a loss. It's There's more to life than that. And I'm just extremely thankful to be here still. And I'm extremely thankful that I've got people like my wife in my corner and that, you know, Carl as my now family and friend that is gracious enough to give me a second chance at life. It's truly a beautiful thing to experience connection with people on such a giant level like that that opens doors for the incredible. And so with this first episode back, there's a quote that I end my um, my lecture class with. And it's, if greatness ever means that I must bury goodness, then I will let greatness die. Because I don't care about being great. I don't care about fame. I don't care about any of that shit. I care about being a good human and making the world a better place in some way. And thanks to my wife and my students and my friends and my mom and my dad, I know that I'm doing that. And uh, be ready for more. My name is Aaron Gall. Again, this is I Need Color, a weekly podcast that I am very excited to get back into. I wish you all the best. And remember that we need color. Have a good one.